This is the Endurance Church Podcast with Pastor Anthony Bass. At Endurance Church, our goal is to live well and finish strong by becoming faithful disciples of Christ. We do this through loving, disciplined, Bible-based teaching, encouragement, and care. For more information about our ministry, head to endurancechurch.org. And now, today's message. Uh, I'm very humbled to be uh, up here this morning. I'm I may come unglued at some point during this message, so I'm just letting you know right now. Uh, uh, I'm just, uh, I, I chose that, that clip for a few reasons. Uh, one, because I think that that is probably one of the best series of Spider-Man movies ever made. And two, because I wanted to embarrass my wife because as I was watching Spider-Man with her at one point, she probably doesn't remember this. She told me that she had the biggest crush on Toby McGuire. <laughs> and I have to tell you, ever since she told me that, Toby's been on my pray for my enemies list ever since. <laughs> Still praying for him now, even just looking at him, you know. <laughs> I love you, babe. But, but... That, that, that scene is so incredibly true for all of us, right? That, you know, during this, now I, I'm not a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I am a superhero fan, okay? There's superhero fans, and then there's superhero theologians. <laughs> and they're, they're the two biggest theologians sitting so happen on the front row right now, Al and Pastor Bass. I mean, there's times that I'll go up and we'll talk about a Marvel movie or something, and it's like, I'll walk away with, like, deep revelation. Like, it's like, oh, I thought, <laughs> I thought I knew something about superheroes. But I'm a superhero fan, and kind of throughout this series of Spider-Man movies, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but I think it really kind of coincides with what I'm going to speak about. Um, so Spider-Man, in this scene, like, in this movie, you know, this guy kills his uncle, and any other time, Spider-Man, he's the cool guy. He's, you know, he, he's, he's taking down crime. He's, he's doing it even with a smile on his face and telling jokes. But in this movie, he finds out that this villain killed his uncle, who's very close to him. And Spider-Man, Peter Parker, and I think it shows his personal side. Uh-oh. You did do it to me, huh, Greg? <laughs> oh. It shows his personal side to me. Peter Parker, though he's Spider-Man, he's still a man. And he's a man just like any one of us that we get hurt. And, and in this scene, he, he has this revenge that fills his heart. He wants to get even with this guy. He wants to avenge his uncle. And Peter Parker goes bananas trying to pursue this guy. Okay. It got weird for a second, but amen. <laughs> Thanks, Pastor. So, um, <laughs> but it shows his personal side. And 
The truth is, is that we all deal with offenses. We deal with offenses day in, day out. That it's something that even as a Christian, you know, I'm not, you know, when I became a Christian, I used to think like, man, I'm a Christian now. You know, you're loving Jesus. Like you never noticed the sky was as blue as it was. The trees were green as they were. And when you become a new Christian, you're just like, oh, God, I love you. Like, this is the best feeling ever, right? But I thought that I was going to be like some type of super Christian where I would be immune to being offended. And it was after becoming a Christian that I encountered my first um, offense with a brother on the basketball court. (laughs) I'm a competitive guy, and, you know, this guy's talking trash and this and that, and... I, I, it all came out. Uh, I, just, I just, just let it go. And I realized at that moment that, man, even as a Christian, I have to be intentional. I have to be intentional about forgiving. And there's no better offense to me, as we're talking about Palm Sunday, uh, I, was, I, I completely forgot that we were going to be doing communion this week. So when the Lord's, I've been preparing this message for a couple weeks it's just so awesome. And even as Pastor Bass is up here, he was like hitting some main points of my message. And I'm like, Ugh. as a pastor, you're just like, no, that's mine. <laughs> but he, he must have touched on like at least two or three points, you know. So you're going to have to hear a repeat. <laughs> but uh, we're going to jump right into the text. And I'm, just, I'm new at this, so we're going to bear with me. Amen. So let's start here. So John chapter 13, it says, I do not speak concerning all of you. I know whom I have chosen, but that the scripture may be fulfilled. He who eats bread with me has lifted up his heel against me. Now I tell you before it comes that when it does come to pass, you may what? Believe that I am he, that he is God. Going on, he says, most assuredly I say to you, he who receives whomever I send receives me. And he who receives me receives him who sent me. When Jesus had said these things, he was troubled in spirit and testified and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. I'm going to stop right there for a second. So Jesus, like a a little bit of context right before this, this portion of scripture. Jesus, it says that the thought had entered into Judas's heart to betray Jesus. And Jesus had, at that moment, knowing the thoughts of man and knowing that, that, knowing Judas's thoughts at that time, Jesus is aware that his time has come now to go to the cross. So Jesus gets up early in chapter 13, and we hear the famous scripture of Jesus grabbing a towel, and he washes his disciples' feet. The greatest act of humility, our God, I love this picture, our God, God, just imagine God washing your feet. I don't know about you, I got some pretty ugly feet, I I always wear socks, even at home, I don't know if my wife's even ever seen my feet. (laughs) I'm really insecure about my feet, all right? And one day I was in chapel, uh, when I was in Teen Challenge, this is pastor that came, I don't know why, this this is a pop-up, but all right, Lord. And, And I'm sitting in... I'm sitting in this front row, and this, you know, I'm in team challenges this time, and this pastor's preaching on this passage, and you know, I guess I never noticed he had this little basin of water and a towel, and he's going to demonstrate 
on one of us clients in the program, in the chapel, all of us, like 50 men in there, he's going to demonstrate by taking somebody's shoes and socks off and wash their stinky feet. Guess who the Lord pointed him out to? I was just like, no, this is not happening. And this guy comes over, and he talks about my, one of my big toes is kind of ugly. He goes, that's okay, his toe's kind of ugly. I'm still going to, you know, he's washing my feet. And then, you know, no. and Team Challenge, like, I got 40 guys now, like, oh, whoa, man, what is he doing? And it's like, oh, my gosh, this moment was so embarrassing for me. I'm like, oh, God, just hurry up, man, <laughs> so I can put my socks on. But, oh, I don't even know where I'm going with that, but amen. In other words, Jesus, I, that was a picture of Jesus watching my feet, though. That the Lord loves us that much, that the God is so humble, right? That he would come down from heaven and be man to die for us. And it's just a beautiful picture. So this is the context. So, so this is what's going on here. And now, all of a sudden, Jesus makes this comment with his 12 disciples around the table, and he says, one of you are going to betray me. I would have imagined that that room just got completely silent. You can hear a pin drop at that moment. And it goes on and says, then the disciples looked at one another, right, perplexed about whom he spoke. Now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. And this is John writing this. <laughs> I love that. John's like the one that did whom Jesus loved. That's how he saw himself. And I think that's how we also see ourselves. Simon Peter, therefore, motioned to him to ask, hey man, who it is of whom he spoke? Then leaning back on Jesus' breast, John said to him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, it is he to whom I shall give a piece of bread when I have dipped it. And having dipped the bread, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. Now after the piece of bread, Satan entered him. Then Jesus said to him, what you do, do quickly. Now, when you go through John, I would encourage you to read 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. It's the same person, same disciple who, who wrote John. Now, we're talking three decades later that this letter was written. But I look at this, and John is recalling a very precious moment here. That, to me, John is recalling, like, at this moment, nobody knows. Like, it goes back there and says, you know, who is he talking about? So he's asking. He's asking, who, who is this? And John is recalling, you know, now John is looking at this as he's writing this letter. I'm looking at it, and I'm like, man, what an offense Here's Judas. God has been with him for three. He was with Jesus for three years. And for crying out loud, Judas, I call him McShady Judas, he has the money back. He's responsible for anything Jesus wants, if it was getting food or going to get this or that. Like, he was the one responsible. And the whole time for me, God knows. God knows his heart. God knows that his heart is wicked and that money because we know that later throughout Scripture, it reveals that Judas actually betrayed Jesus for a sack of money. 
And as John is, is writing this, I'm looking at this and I'm saying, oh my goodness, what did it fix? And I'm thinking to myself, maybe John, if he would have known that this was going to happen, that maybe he would have stopped Judas before he did what he did. But we all know that this was a part of God's plan and God was in control. So moving on, but no one at the table knew for what reason he said to him, for some thought, because Judas had the money box that Jesus had said to him, buy those things we need for the feast or that he should give something to the poor. Having received the piece of bread, he then went out immediately, and it was night. So when he had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God would also glorify him in himself and glorify him immediately. Little children, I shall be with you a little while longer. You will seek me, and as I said to the Jews, where I am going, you cannot come. So now I say to you, a new commandment. A new commandment. Now here's the interesting thing about the new commandment. Now we know that there was nothing new about, and I'm just going to read the rest of it. A new commandment I give to you that love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. This is, this is, a, this is so important right now because Jesus, now this isn't new to, to the disciples. The, the, the concept of loving your neighbor as yourself had already been established back in Exodus, right? So Jesus gives, a, God gives the Ten Commandments, and one of the Ten Commandments was love your neighbor as yourself. So this was the concept that they were pretty familiar with, but Jesus says this. He says, I give you a new commandment. No longer am I, are we called to love each other as we love ourselves, because what did the law really do? I mean, we, I mean, honestly, you know, I don't know about you, but self, for me, I, I was pretty prideful. And, and sometimes still got to fight that, that battle, right? And, and we know that loving ourself, like the, the concept is to do unto me as I would, I do unto others what I want done unto me. But Jesus is saying, no, I'm giving you a, 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 a higher command and he's saying, no, this, this new command is no longer are you going to love people the way you want to be treated, but I want you to love people the way I loved you. Yeah, I, I want you to love people the way I've been an example in loving you. And by this, all will know. I love this because we're all called to be disciples, amen? If you're a Christian and you've given your life to the Lord, you are a disciple. But the way we are identified as disciples, see, before the disciples were identified by what? The way wherever Jesus went, they went. Whatever Jesus did, they did. When Jesus ate, they ate. And for them, this is a new concept now because, see, he's trying to get through their, through their skulls that I'm getting ready to leave you. Physically, I'm not going to be here anymore for you to follow me physically. But now I'm giving you, but I'm going to be with you. But now I want you to... Follow me in your hearts. 
And the way that people are going to identify that you are now my disciple is not going to be by proximity and we're being in the same area as me being physically with you, but it's going to be your love for one another, how we treat each other as Christians. That he's saying that this is what's going to validate you as my disciple. That it's how you love one another. So what, do, so what do we need to know? God requires we love each other through our offenses. As Pastor was saying earlier, that we are going to offend each other. I've probably offended Some of you were offended at the process of me going through restoration. I had to stand up here that day. And, and trust me, my heart broke. And for that, I apologize as a pastor because I'm accountable for my actions. And if I offended any of you, I want to extend, ask you for my forgiveness for my actions. I'm just have to go with the mic up. This is better, man. It's old school. Cool. Now I can really get to myself. Amen. But we're going to offend each other. We are. And in the moment of offending each other, when we do it, whether it's intentionally or unintentionally, God calls us to love each other, to be merciful to each other. A good thing is God's love is divine, and it's only through him we love like him. It's humanly impossible for you and I to love the way God loves, apart from God. I usually don't do this. I know Pastor Bass likes to stay with one text, but I couldn't resist to put this other scripture in there. So I'm just going to have to get the lashing later. <laughs> but I love First John, and he, he, really, he really spells it out here. And he says, he who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. The word that I think we need to focus on here in this scripture is that. That, my brothers and sisters, that we cannot do this apart from God. And if you read in chapter 15, and I think as John writes this, he's, he's going back to Jesus' words when he's in his presence and Jesus is giving, you know, he's telling them, and he's, he's talking to them about after he leaves, he says, you have to abide in me. That if you abide in me, you will bear much fruit, right? So as we abide in Christ, that's the only way that we're going to have the ability the fortitude, the heart to build the walk in love towards one another the way God expects us to. My last point, and I'm going to end here with sharing a little story with you. Remember this, that love covers a multitude of sins. You know, at the beginning of this process, I'm going to spend the last just few minutes talking about this process of restoration in my life. I'm not going to get into all the details, but I'm going to share a few details um, you know, there was a moment where my wife, um, and it was something that I really was blinded to. Um, now I wasn't blinded to it in a sense where, um, I wasn't oblivious to it, but I thought that me and God was working this thing out. You know, <laughs> I was praying about it. I was asking for victory over it. 
And the, the, the thing was is that I, my temper at times. Pastor <gasps> Sean, you got a temper. And uh, it's something that I've struggled with my whole life. Uh, a lot of it was embedded in how I grew up. A lot of it was embedded in some of the trauma and things that I experienced as a young man and as a child. Um, and I'm not making excuses because I, I've been able to work through this through counseling sessions with uh, my coaches and things like that. But my wife, my lovely wife, you know, the way this all came to the light is that she, she went over our pastor's house. And it was for a meeting. It wasn't even for that. And she just, she let it all out. And, you know, so... Pastor Bass, you know, he, <laughs> they, they, they loved on her, and I thank God for them. They, they loved on my wife. They were there for her in that moment. Um, my stuff was exposed, you know. And my wife came home, and she kind of told me about it, me and Pastor Bass met. And, you know, I, I'm, as I'm meeting with Pastor Bass, obviously I'm a little embarrassed, but also, too, I'm kind of like, how dare thee have this meeting apart from me? You know, I'm offended that, you know, like they had this conversation with my wife and I'm, and I'm just telling you my mindset is that I'm, I'm mad that they didn't say, stop, Christy, we need Pastor Vashon here before you share your heart with us. And I meet with Pastor Bass and he, he you know, he, he lovingly corrects me and tells me this conversation and he tells me that, you know, we need to, we need to deal with this. And it's not that church I wasn't dealing with it because God knows every, every time I had a, I'm not beating on my wife, by the way, man. Let me say that right now. Like, I don't put my hands. I love my wife, all right? And through this process, you know, God has strengthened our, our marriage. He strengthened my marriage with my children. God has done a miracle over these last six, seven months. And I wouldn't take it back for anything based on what God's done through this. But in the moment, you know, it was hard. And I didn't know, I think the, the, the part for me, it wasn't so much about my sin, but it was how much my sin affected my family. It was how much my sin affected my, my wife, my children. And, and God knows I want a victory over this. It's like, Lord, I want victory and whatever that's going to take, at least, you know, you say those prayers, but then God tells you what it's going to take. And you're like, well, God, not that, you know. <laughs> and that was the part he's laughing because he knows where I'm going next. And I was a part when we had the you know, Vanguard, you know, is, uh, who I'm ordained under with the church and talked to Pastor Bobby Hill. And, you know, we had this big session. And I just let it all out and things that I've been struggling with. And, you know, Pastor Bobby just lovingly and compassionately said, well, Pastor Vashon, we love you. We're going to work through this with you. Um, I think we need to bring this before the church. And I was like, huh? Well, hold on, man. I mean, this is the church. I'm talking to Pastor Baz. I'm talking to you. Pastor Todd, like, isn't that consistent of the church? <laughs> but but what, what was it for me, though? In that moment, I just thought, I don't want to be embarrassed, right? Like, I, I don't want everybody to know my, my stuff. <laughs> but it was through that that actually got the healing that I needed, though. It was through God revealing it because the Bible talks about, it says that if we want healing, we have to first, what, confess our sins to one another. Now, that doesn't mean we got to, everybody needs to come up here after the service and just lay it all out there, right? But, there, but, but based on the position that I was in, it required that I take it to that level of confession, right? And 
So I heard that, guys, and I was just like, oh, my goodness, man, God, I don't want to do this. I had all these mixed emotions. So Pastor Bass set the date. It was a couple weeks later, and you all know I stood before you. And um, I'll tell you what, throughout this whole process for me, I'll tell you what, what, what changed me the most, endurance. And that was your response. Um, to get up here and stand before you, I tried to have the straightest faces I could and just kind of glaze over your heads because I felt so much shame and I was already beating myself up. And um, But to stand before you and before Pastor Bass could and that time of letting you guys know what was going on, the response that you did to me by getting up and embracing me and loving on me the way this scripture talks about um, changed my life. Um, and it changed my life in a real way because I had, I had revelation of who God was and his love for me. And I've always been somewhat of a good Christian, you know, the last nine years up into this fall. And, um, and it was really hard for me to stand up here and, and, and be embarrassed and just share my soul with you and my struggles. But the way he responded to me has changed my whole theology about grace and love. And like, you need to know that. That, amen, you can give yourself a hand, amen. <laughs> and for that, I, I want to say thank you. I want to end my message saying thank you. Thank you for being the body of Christ. Thank you for loving me when I thought that I was going to be judged, when I thought that, man, I was going to be getting the stank eye for everybody, and I'll look at Pastor Vashai, you know, stay away from Pastor Vashai, you know, like, thought I had cooties or something, like, you know, like, I had all these preconceived ideas of how this was going to play out, and to find out that, man, you guys embraced me, and obviously I sat here and well like a baby with the shoulders and everything, I mean, I was going after it, man, but it was because of the love that I felt from the church, and I want to say this, that's what it should look like with each one of us. That that's what God was talking about when he said love one another, that they, you, they will know that you are my disciples by your love for one another. That that's what that looks like. That was, to me, that was the picture, like, that's what it should be like in the church. That we don't, we don't hold things in, that we don't conceal things from each other because mercy is what? Getting what we don't deserve. And we all don't deserve Christ. We all don't deserve forgiveness and mercy and God's son. None of us deserve it, but God gives it to us. And it's for us to do that with one another. Is that why I can't judge you for your sin because we all struggle with sin. And it's keeping it a secret that makes you sick. And like I said, there are moments, you know, you got to pray about it. But I'm telling you that if there's something in your life that you've been struggling with and you've been going after this thing with God but you just seem like you're not getting a victory that may be that it may be it's that portion of scripture where it says confess your sin to one another so you can get complete healing and that's what I'm telling you that that's what it was for me it was I don't think that if that moment didn't happen for me that I would have never got the healing that I needed throughout this process I believe that with 150% but it was through that moment through that, through that willingness to be transparent, to be vulnerable, to be embarrassed, to experience that God's love is so much more than that, and it's unconditional. And I'm thankful for this church being a church, a Bible church that loves people unconditionally.
Let us pray. Father, I thank you, Lord. <laughs> You're an awesome God, Lord. As I was, I was so nervous, God, over the last couple of days to preach and been out of practice for a while. But Lord, I, I thank you, Father, that um, you just continue to reveal to me, Lord, that we can just, just trust you, God, just step out in faith and trust you, God, and you're always here to meet us, God. And Father, I pray, Lord, as I have shared this, God, I pray that it's a seed in the hearts of our, of our people that are here today, God, that they would continue to love each other, Lord, the way they love me, God, through this process. That, Lord, you would help us, God, to truly, God, to truly walk in your divine love, God, to truly walk in mercy, God, that we can be a witness, God, to unbelievers, God, because really that's who it's for, God. Is as, as they see our love for one another, God, the world is completely the opposite, Lord. The world tells you to conceal your sins and, and hide, God, in the shadows, God. But don't let people really truly see you, Lord, for who you are. But, God, that's, that's the opposite in the kingdom. God, you tell us to do the opposite. You tell us to, to bear our souls with one another, God, to trust God in each one of us, Lord. And Father, I pray that over the church, Lord, that if there's anyone here, God, that is struggling with the sin, God, or, or struggling in any area, Lord, God, I pray that, Father God, you would send a brother or a sister, God, in the body of Christ to them, Lord, that they can share that sin with God and they can, they can again, receive your love and receive, God, the healing that they need for that sin, Father. We give you praise, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for who you are, Lord. We thank you for this week, Lord, as we go and we meditate. Father, throughout this week, God, throughout Holy Week, God, for Resurrection Sunday, God, we thank God, Lord, that you are not on the cross, God, but you are in heaven, God, interceding for us, God. We thank you, Jesus, for the cross. We thank you for your blood, God. We thank you for your mercy, Lord. We thank you, God, for who you are, Lord. Thank you, God, that you declare us sons and daughters of you, Lord when we placed our faith in you. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord, and we give you praise. Be with us today, God. Bless us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You are dismissed. Oh, you want to talk? Oh, he still wants to talk. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he told me to pray at house. <laughs> Thank God for Pastor Bashan and the message. Um, there's just one thing he forgot. Um, thankful to have Pastor Sean back. Exciting because he makes us a better church. But he forgot this. Before you walk out the door, I want you to hug at least two to five people. <laughs> and tell them, I'm the one whom Jesus loves. Go and be blessed. Have a good day.
This has been a presentation of Endurance Church. For more about the ministry, head to endurancechurch.org. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash endurancechurch and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash endurancechurch.tv. Remember to live well and finish strong. All-consuming fire, Live.